Hello and welcome everybody to Friday. Thank you for joining me again for the final episode of this week's Built to Thrive podcast. Of course, this week I've been talking all about inflammation and the role it plays in our immune system. I've spoken so far about lots of different ways that you can try to reduce your levels of inflammation, including walks in nature, time-restricted eating, and taking more vitamin D. Now, the final suggestion I have for you today is all about sleep. How much we get, when we get it, the quality of it. You see, all these things are really, really important for our health. Now, to start off, I want to hopefully inspire or persuade you to start getting an early or at least an earlier night. If you're the sort of person who regularly pushes on until the early hours, this might sound hard, but I promise you it's definitely worth a try. Sleep experts like Dr. Roger Schwartz, who I mentioned several times this week, say that the first few hours of sleep, crucially the hours before midnight, are the most important. And that's because that's when we experience something called slow-wave sleep, which is when we see an increase in the production of growth hormone. Now, human growth hormone plays a key part in the generation of new cells, the repair of tissues and bones, and the regulation of our metabolism. It also helps regulate the levels of inflammation in our body. And as you know by now, inflammation that lasts for a long time can potentially cause a lot of damage and increase our risk of getting sick. But sleeping for at least seven hours a night at a regular time can really make a world of difference. We know from the research that if you haven't slept particularly well, we can detect increased levels of inflammation in your blood the next day. Now, this is not a problem in the short term, but if this is happening day after day, week after week, month after month, potentially year after year, this is gonna to contribute to higher levels of inflammation and an increased risk of getting sick. There was a study which showed that if you put rhinovirus, this is the bug that causes the common cold, into the nostrils of people who sleep well and those who don't, the ones who sleep better are less likely to get it. And we know now from the research that chronic sleep deprivation increases the risk of things like type two diabetes, heart disease, and Alzheimer's. Now at this point, I wanna take a pause and be really, really clear. I've learned over the past few years that doctors like myself need to be very, very careful when talking about sleep because many people can hear this information, it can stress them out and cause them to not sleep particularly well. But for people who are struggling with sleep, it really can be quite anxiety and worry inducing. And I really don't want that to be the case. I wanna share with you honestly what the data shows, but I don't wanna unnecessarily panic you. Please first of all remember that in the short term, this is completely fine. Maybe you're a new parent and your, your baby, your child is not a particularly good sleeper. That's okay. Perhaps your job involves night shifts and that's what you need to do to pay the bills. I completely understand that. I know how I used to feel as a junior doctor, when I would work shifts, how it would make me feel, fatigue, mood, all kinds of things were affected. So I absolutely do understand and hopefully you'll find the next few tips helpful. Firstly, if you work nights all the time, what you want to do is switch day to night and night to day as much as you can. So basically, when you're working at night, that is effectively your daytime. So you want to expose yourself to as much light as possible, bright lights, you know, to signal to your body, no, this is my daytime. And then when you get home, 
ideally, if you are going to bed, you want to make your bedroom really, really dark during the day to trick your body that it's nighttime. It's going to help enhance your sleep. It's also going to help you set your body's natural circadian rhythm. Now, if your shifts change regularly, this could be a little bit more problematic. And Dr. Schwartz suggests trying to arrange your shifts so that they gradually move later in the day. Say one day you start at 10 a.m., then the next day you start at 2 p.m., then another at 5 p.m. This will make it much easier for your circadian rhythm to adapt rather than trying to move them earlier in the day. And if you're a parent of a young child, Remember, this period of interrupted sleep is really going to be a very short time in the context of your whole life, though I completely understand it doesn't feel that way at the time. So focus on getting rest when you can. Try not to get too anxious about it because it's also true that getting anxious about it will contribute to poor sleep. Remember, it's not just about one thing, right? Maybe at the moment you can't sleep particularly well, but Please remember that Swiss cheese model that we spoke about on Monday. It's not about one thing. I understand maybe you can't sleep at the moment because you've got a young child, but perhaps you can make sure you go for a 20-minute walk each day. And perhaps you can focus on when you're eating. Or perhaps you can focus on hot cold therapy, right? It's not about that one thing. It's, it's the combination of factors that we do. And there's going to be times in our life where things come in. I know I try and reduce stress as much as possible, but I'm about to come into two very busy weeks at work. So maybe my stress levels will start to creep up. So I need to make sure that I'm really dialed in on my foods and my exercise. You know, there's many ways which we can tackle inflammation and improve the health of our immune system. Well, that's all I have for you this week. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found it useful. And really, my deep hope is that you find this kind of information inspiring and you think, yeah, you know what? It's not that hard, is it? I can actually do that. I can bring one small change into my life. And if I do it regularly, it's going to make a really big difference. As always, get in touch with me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let me know how you're getting on. And please do check out my brand new book, Happy Minds, Happy Life, 10 Simple Ways to Feel Great Every Day. It's my fifth book. I think it's the most important book I've written to date. It's out now, depending on which country you live in. And it's available as a paperback, ebook, and as an audiobook, which I am narrating, which you might really enjoy if you already enjoy listening to my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Have a great weekend. And I'll see you back here on Monday. <laughs>